Welcome to Happy Hunters. We're your hosts, Jonathan. And Molly. Today's interview is with actor Justina Aircole, who shares with us how she maintains a positive outlook on life, even with the constant rejection that comes with pursuing an acting career in New York City. There's this notion that you need to be willing to sacrifice everything to have a career, but I am definitely of the mindset that that is not true. We are excited to announce one of our partners for this week's episode, Nut Pods. We are obsessed with adding this into our coffee and tea. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Nut Pods, it's a certified vegan, dairy-free creamer made from coconut cream and almond butter, and it is delicious. Nut Pods has made our transition to a plant-based lifestyle so much easier. It's perfect for coffee, tea, smoothies, and even other recipes. As a special offer for Happy Hunters listeners, they're offering 15% off their website. Just use the code ICONOCLASTICWELLNESS, all caps, at checkout. That's ICONOCLASTICWELLNESS on nutpods.com to get 15% off your entire order. Today's episode features Justina Erkel, a performing artist in New York City who has set clear boundaries around her happiness and challenging the norm of sacrificing everything to act professionally. Justina has the most inspiring outlook on letting go of control, making time for what brings you joy, and staying in the positive. Hi, Justina. Welcome to Happy Hunters. Hi, Molly. Thank you for having me. We invited you on the show because you are currently living your dream of acting in New York City. And and on top of that, your smile is literally contagious. You have an insanely positive outlook on life, and you are constantly looking for new ways to grow and challenge yourself. We're super pumped you took time out of your super busy life to chat with us today. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. You are an actor in New York City, and to be completely honest, I think that's one of the bravest career choices one can make. (laughs) Did you always know acting as a career would make you happy, and was the road to living in New York City and chasing this dream easy? I grew up as a competition dancer, so I always knew since I was a kid that performing made me happy. And as far as a career, that would make me happy, too, if I could go around dancing and singing all day. I mean, who wouldn't be happy doing that and getting paid for it? I also knew growing up that I had so many other interests, too. Overall, a lot of career options would have made me happy. And I ended up in this one. There's always this notion with performers that there's nothing else you could possibly do or there's nothing else that we're ever interested in. I think that's true for a lot of people, but I definitely don't think that's true for everybody. I know it's not true for me. I originally went to school for physical therapy and was in a doctorate program for that. Looking back now, like I think that I could have pursued so many other things as well. Like I would have loved to do something with business or marketing or so many other career paths. But I think that having interest outside of performing does make you a better actor overall because you're not playing an actor on stage. You're playing these well-rounded human beings who do have other interests. The chasing the dream part was hard. (laughs) It will always be hard. 
especially when you're first moving here, there's so much to figure out. How do you find auditions? How do you sign up for them? Making connections, taking classes, finances, and then not booking jobs when you're going in for them and all of the rejections. So it's a lot to navigate. The moving to New York City was not hard, but once I got here, it was very hard and continues to be hard. It's a lot. So with all that rejection and booking and not booking, how do you keep going? What is it like to experience rejection so frequently? What kind of self-talk does that require? I mean, I'm not going to lie. It does get really hard to fluctuate with my personal self-talk and where I am mentally with my headspace. But overall, you really just have to change your mindset. If you walk into every audition solely with the notion of, I have to book this job, you're not going to book that job. <laughs> you kind of have to go in knowing that everything is out of your control. Because if you're at an audition in New York City, you're all talented. You've gotten there, everyone's talented. You really have to go in with this mindset of, am I what they're looking for? As long as you go in prepared and you come in doing your best work, you just have to hope that you're their perfect images of that role or that part, or you're the missing puzzle piece in their jigsaw puzzle that they're putting together for the show. I constantly try and tell myself before I go into auditions, as long as you've done the homework, that's all you can do. And now I get to go in the room and I get to go in for a minute, do exactly what I love to do and share that with someone. And then I get to walk out and go on with my day. Now that's the ideal mindset. And I don't always have that. <laughs> there are some days where I walk in and I'm like, I would love to book this. And then I walk out and I'm like, that was the worst thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> the part of the journey is at least knowing what your mindset needs to be. And if you can touch on that, for a day, a week, or maybe a month at a time, and you have a whole month of you're going in and you're just loving sharing what you do with people for a few minutes every day, that's awesome. And I've been there. And I've also not been there. <laughs> you said you're currently in the process of rekindling the joy, mm -hmm. prepping and going to auditions, in your own words, no matter the outcome, and you're working on those different mindsets and overall career goals. Are you switching career goals? Or what does that mean? I'm not switching career goals, I'm broadening my idea of what my career looks like long term. For a long time, I really was pigeonholing myself into one box. I'm going to be an actor. Figuring out how do I create this parallel career path that I really enjoy and kind of complements performing. And I've been toying with this for years. I've been working in children's theater for years. I'm a resident choreographer at a program here in New York. So I get to still be involved with theater every day, sharing it with kids, which I really love. I teach dance classes that are theater-based in the city. I teach fitness classes at a few different studios. I've had some opportunities to choreograph at these big regional theaters, which has been pretty cool. I'm not necessarily changing career paths, but just expanding what that means so that I do have longevity in this field of performing. It's really nice to have something else to put creative energy into that does align with my performing goals. It's super inspiring because... I feel like so many people know what brings them happiness, but instead of doing exactly what you're talking about doing, which is expanding and looking at other ways you can do what brings you joy, which in your case is performing and being around that, a lot of people say, like, if I can't have everything, I'm not going to do anything and I'm going to switch and I'm going to do something that doesn't make me as happy. And you've decided to kind of flip that script, expand your options and look at all the different ways you can find happiness besides that one idea that you had. 
especially in this career, people really do get that all or nothing mindset. My idea of it is actually very controversial to a lot of actors. A lot of people say that if you pursue anything else, you're going to fall back on that and you're never going to perform again. Wow. (laughs) And I, I think it's so silly that you need to pick one thing and stick to that. I just think that there's no reason why you can't do multiple things. Kevin, your husband is a really strong support. He's also in the industry, but that you Mm -hmm. have a strong support system that is loyal, not afraid to call you out. How do you differentiate the voices between the people that are just kind of like the naysayers and you can't value their opinion to the people that have valuable insight that you want to hear? I am always going (laughs) to think that I'm right first. Me too. (laughs) And yeah, and sometimes I'm wrong. But I just always had a lot of trust and faith in my opinion when it comes to me and what I want to do. And I think actually a lot of that has come from my mom. She's awesome. And she's always been my biggest support system. Tried to instill in me being able to differentiate what's right and wrong for me, surrounding myself with really smart, well-intentioned people, that it's really easy for me to differentiate what voices are good and are actually calling me out for the right reasons and what voices are nonsense in the background. You have really incredible self-esteem. I mean, you really believe in yourself and you believe in your ability to be successful and know that if you commit to anything, you'll be good at it. In my opinion, that self-esteem is one of the most important factors in feeling successful and worthy and being willing to take risks and chase joy. How do you sustain that and feed that self-esteem? A lot of it is being aware. I have always been a write it down, journal it, document it person. That has personally fed into my self-esteem because I literally have this physical documentation of this was really good. This was really bad. I'm really loving this. I'm really bad at this. Feeding into this overall way to create positive little bubble around myself. Every day I try and sit down and I will list three things that I'm happy about or I'm grateful for or something that I really liked that happened today without getting too woo-woo about everything. (laughs) You're a yoga instructor now, so. (laughs) I'm still (laughs) me though. I'm still me. (laughs) If you put out even the littlest bit of positivity, it's going to surround you and then more positivity is going to find you. There's a lot in your personal energy and people's energy around you. And a lot of people take that for granted. Energy for me really does feed into my self-esteem. Fellow happy hunters, listen up. I am super delighted to share with you one of the little joys in my daily life. And that is laying down on my Ajna well-being Ajna mat. There are so many reasons I love using my Ajna mat. The muscle tension and pain relief, improved quality of sleep, it eliminates my stress and completely re-energizes my body. Each mat is crafted using high-quality, eco-friendly material. For our Happy Hunters listeners, Ajna Wellbeing is offering 15% off their Ajna mat. Get excited. You are going to love it. Just enter the code AJNAMAT15 in all caps when you order on Amazon. That's A-J-N-A-MAT. One five in all caps when you order on Amazon.com to get 15% off your mat. So if you were to give advice to another individual, even someone who's deciding to pursue performing in New York City, what would you tell them to do to nurture and grow their self-esteem? If you find something you're good at, anything, do it. 
And I don't mean as a career necessarily. I just mean if you can find one thing, maybe you're really good at painting or you're really good at cooking or if you're really good at running or anything like that. If you can find one thing that is going to bring you joy because you're good at it, do that. Try and find time to do that. I'm really, really good at organizing things. <laughs> so it really does make me feel better. This past week, my apartment became a mess because I was so busy with work and things just got away from me. And it was making me feel like crap. I felt anxious. I was pissy about everything. I felt like everything I was doing was wrong. And then the second that I organized the apartment, I felt so much better because I looked around and I was like, I did this. I did a great job. <laughs> everything looks clean. So I think that if you can find something you're good at and then acknowledge that you've done a good job, it just feeds into that positive energy and will really help raise your self-esteem. Especially if you're going to pursue performing, even if you do come in prepared, you're not always going to have the best audition. You're not always going to get a callback. You're not always going to book the job. So if you can find something afterwards to do that you are good at no matter what, that's a great way to sustain yourself in this industry. In this kind of generalization of acting, right? That's a very creative, non-routine lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So to hear that you as a creative individual thrives on structure and order is really interesting. How did you learn that that brought you happiness? I took a year off from school when I was transferring and I worked a nine to five job, which I thought would be my ideal work life because I love structure and I love having control. So <laughs> going in every day and same task due every day and I had the same hours and the same drive and I hated it. Within four months, I was so bored. I wasn't challenged. I was doing data entry and answering phones as nicely as I could. By that experience, I realized this is not for me. So I'm definitely a control freak. So I will plan the crap out of my schedule. <laughs> Even though every day is different for me, I've found ways where I can still keep the control, but it's also going to keep me interested. So I find the balance in organized chaos. So I actually have an entire planning system that I use, color coding and give myself rules and I have to have the same day off every week. It's very intense and Kevin makes fun of me for it, but <laughs> it works for me because if I get off of that system and it is just chaos and every day is completely different and I haven't had a day off in a month, I'm not a good person to be around <laughs> and I'm not happy. I love that you are finding what's working for you and then also recognizing when you need a greater challenge. You told me that when you first got to New York City, you were actually experiencing tons of success and then decided to challenge yourself with bigger projects. Why? <laughs> Why did you decide to push yourself into a more challenging sphere of acting rather than just enjoying your success? Okay, I'm going to give you the short answer and then I'm going to explain it because it's going to sound really superficial. Okay, we'll just say it. Money. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a person who thinks money can buy happiness because I would not be pursuing musical theater <laughs> if I thought that. <laughs> but when I first moved to New York, I was a non-union actor. It's usually younger people. It's a much less competitive market. And as someone moving to New York who worked a lot in Philadelphia, so I had a pretty good resume and I could sing and dance equally well, I had a ton of success right off the bat. I got so spoiled. I booked my very first audition oh my God. that I went in for. I got callbacks for 90% of what I went in for. And I worked consistently for the first two years I was here. I would book a job, do that job, come back, go to a month of auditions, book something else and keep working. Honestly, the big reason was money. In the end, I was 26, and the average 
non-union theater job pays between two and three hundred dollars a week wow. which is not a lot and also most of the jobs whether you're union or not that are auditioning in New York City, they're out of town jobs. So it's not just Broadway, it's every national tour auditions here, every regional theater from across the country comes here, every cruise ship, every theme park, everything auditions here. If you book that job, they fly you out and they house you there and you get paid whatever you get paid and then you come back. So most actors will sublet their apartment, but I don't have that luxury because I live in a one bedroom with Kevin. I was going out of town making $300 a week for two months and paying rent. I was living off of pennies and I was losing money doing something that I love. Basically how you join the union, you have to work at union theaters and you accrue work weeks. And then eventually once you meet a certain number of weeks, you can cash those in and join the union. So I did it that way and I did it by the books and I worked 50 weeks at union theaters and got to join the union. And I don't regret it for a second. I have worked way, way less than I was when I was non-union, but the work is better. The protection when you're actually on the job are so much better. If you were working a non-union job and you sprained your ankle dancing, well, you're fired. That's it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But if you're a union member, then you have health insurance for that. You get workman's comp. You get paid leave. It's just all of these things that as you get older and you're trying to actually create a life out of this, it's not sustainable to work non-union in New York City. That was the big reason why I made that choice. But again, I don't, I don't regret it for a second. So what kind of sacrifices have you had to make to pursue acting as a career? And it sounds like you think it's worth it. You say you have no regrets in that regard, but is it worth it? Oh, yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> worth it. I've missed weddings. I've missed birthdays. I've missed parties because I've been performing in shows. There have been times I've left Kevin for months at a time to go out of town to do a show. I've given up paid work at my side job to go to auditions that I didn't even get a call back for. And it's a lot to balance. But I think that you have to go in knowing what you're willing to sacrifice. Actors look at me like I have three heads sometimes when I tell them that because there's this notion that you need to be willing to sacrifice everything to have a career. But I am definitely of the mindset that that is not true. So I think a lot of your happiness from this is going to be sitting down, making a list of what you're willing to sacrifice. I worked at a teaching job that was extraordinarily mm -hmm. demanding, asked for my early mornings, my after school, my weekends, the car washes, the student government things, the dance. For me, it was a similar experience of I'm tired, I'm burnt out, and everybody's telling me this is what it takes. And I don't believe it. That willingness to, to put happiness before what other people tell me I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. Said if you felt happy all the time, you would be a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> but you do describe it as an overall feeling and that you find joy in details and you experience gratitude for small things. What are these small things that you're grateful for? How do you practice finding joy in the details? If you put out positive energy, it's going to find its way back to you. So I write down those three things that I'm grateful for every day, big or small, even if it's the worst day of my life and I forgot my umbrella and the subway broke down and I had to walk three miles home. I will sit down and write that I am grateful for the warm shower I just took and my cat, Zoe. You know, I'll find three things that... I am grateful for in that moment. That's a huge part in finding overall happiness because it is really easy to harp on the negative or focus on that or even bonding with people. 
over the negative. That was a huge thing when I was younger. It's much easier to bond with other people over negativity than it is over something positive. That being aware of this and really trying to fall out of this trap you have someone that you can sit down with at the end of the day and name your favorite part of the day. Just anything where you can put something positive into the universe, that's really going to help create an overall feeling of happiness. Today, I bought a new shirt and then I immediately spilled my Blackberry smoothie on it. So <laughs> that super sucked and I was really pissed off. But I'm also sitting here talking to you and really smiling and talking about happiness. And at the end of the day, I think about how this overall made my day so much better and made it a happy day. We're going to move to the silly but equally important questions. <gasps> okay. Okay. If you could wear only one color for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, I'm going to say black, but that makes me feel like a soulless person. <laughs> well, I think black is valid. I mean, it looks good. I know. It's like flattering. It looks nice with my skin tone. I can't go too light or else I look like a naked mole rat. <laughs> I accept black. There were no wrong answers. So Yeah. Black like my soul. No. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why we asked Justina here. <laughs> okay. Next question. There's only two more. If your husband Kevin was a tree, what kind of tree would he be? Okay, I don't know different types of trees, but he'd be like a really big Christmas tree. <laughs> okay, last question. Which would you rather? Everything you eat tastes like grape jelly or everything you drink tastes like milk? Ooh, the grape jelly one. Oh, wow. That was fast. Yeah. No, no, no. I actually do like grape jelly, too. Wow. Okay. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> to me, those are both of like my kryptonite. Like never, ever, ever. Oh, no, the milk, that would freak me out. Mm, mm, mm. Is there anything else that you want to share about happiness or joy? But it's a journey. You know, I might feel this way today. I might feel not happy tomorrow. I might have tactics that work for me today, and tomorrow they might not work. Ever-evolving journey, and you sit back and know that and be willing to explore where it's going to take you. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Happy Hunters today. Your resilience, your strong sense of identity, and your honesty is beyond inspiring. We're super grateful to have had you on the show. Oh, thank you so much, Molly and Jonathan. It is always refreshing to learn new gratitude practices and to realize that we are allowed to pave our own way in following our joy. What are three things you are grateful for today? What is one thing you love to do? Are you making time for it? How can you create more space to do what you love on a regular basis? Head over to Happy Hunters podcast discussion group on Facebook to share your experiences, connect with others, inspire, and empower. You can find out more about Justina at justinaericole.com. That's Justina, E-R-C-O-L-E.com. We appreciate you tuning in and hope you got as much out of this episode as we did. We are a brand new podcast and could use your help so others can find the show. Please subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. Tune in for new episodes every single Tuesday. Find us on Instagram at Molly and Jonathan and follow our RV adventures on YouTube at Our Tiny Mess. If you know a happy someone who we should interview, Head to iconoclasticwellness.com slash happyhunters to nominate them or yourself. You can also support this show by supporting our sponsors. We'll see you next week.
Thank you.